Welcome to Hope Springs Community of Faith Podcast, where we love people and we love God. If you want to open your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1, uh, we're still in the same 9 or 10 or 8 or 12 verses that we've been in for a little while. But before that, when we were singing uh, the Come All Saints and Sinners, You Can't Outrun God song, I, I was thinking about that line, all saints and sinners, you can't outrun God. And, and I remember, like, I grew up, everybody probably knows it by now, but, like, I grew up in a super um, conservative household. And so my viewpoint on that, like, if we'd been singing that, I would have had this, this picture of, like, uh, when I was a little kid, me and my brothers, we lived next to these, these people. This old man, his name was Lauren Seiferth, and he was nice, but he, he wasn't nice at the same time. I don't know. But we were little boys, so we had Red Ryder BB guns, and I remember he had this huge wood pile, and we would go hide behind the wood pile, and we would each take our Red Ryder BB guns, and we would follow, and we would wait till like, he was doing something in his yard, and he bent over, and we'd be like, pow, and we'd see him jump up, and he would look around a little bit, and then we would shoot him again, and, but we were trying, and then we'd start giggling. Well, we didn't giggle because we were boys. We would start laughing and chuckling, and, he, and you'd see him, and all of a sudden, you'd hear him. Almanzars! Almanzars! And then one of us would stand up and he would come like in his lumbering way running after us and we would run and we'd get just far enough and then we would turn around and shoot at him again. But by then, like we were laughing too hard and had been running too much to be able to hit him and he would get so mad. They lived like a driveway across from us. He never came over to our house and knocked on the door, which I'm still to this day shocked that he never showed up, you know, and told my parents about it. But like anyway... That's always been my picture of you can't outrun God. Like you do something terrible and then he's after you. And when he catches you, you know, like get off my lawn type of thing. That had been my picture for most of my life if we had saying you can't outrun God. But really, it's more like the time that we were traveling to Los Angeles and Jacob was like a year and a half old and we were out at the... uh, edge of the Grand Canyon and I set him down for half a second and he started sprinting towards the edge and I was like what you know and ran over and caught him and grabbed him and picked him up and yes I was filled with fury but not at him I just was furious at myself but I was so filled with love for him that's the picture of you can't outrun God it's not him chasing you off his lawn shaking his fist I'll get you it's I'm not going to let you go down. I'm not going to let you drown. I'm not going to let you die. I'm not going to let you fall off the edge of that cliff. I'm not going to let you throw yourself into this place. Like that is the picture of you can't outrun God. Colossians chapter 1 starts out, Paul. An apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy our brother to the saints, those who are whole, and faithful brethren in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all of those who are whole. Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which you previously heard in the word of truth, God's story, which has come to you just as in all the world also it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing, even as in you also since the day you heard and understood the grace of God in truth. Just as you learned from Epaphras, our beloved fellow bondservant, 
who is a faithful servant of Christ on our behalf. And he also informed us of your love in the Spirit. For this reason also, since the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness, patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. God, this morning, I'm just, I'm, I'm thankful that you've qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light, even though I don't hardly even understand what that means. It sounds beautiful and it gives me hope. And I'm thankful, God, that you gave us emotions and tied those to our minds so that we can sometimes feel things that we can't even think about and uh, then give us a mind to figure out exactly why they're there. Thank you, God, for friends, for family. And I love you, Jesus. Amen. So as we're talking about loving others, uh, before we really get into Colossians at all, there were some words that I said we needed to make sure that we had these words defined and understood and laid out so that we were all kind of on the same page. And we've talked about saints and we've talked about gospel and we've talked about heaven. And uh, this morning, one of those words is fruit that I wanted to talk about. I mean, we talk about fruit a lot. And I, I remember when this, the beginning of this year, I said there are five, time, five sermons every year that I preach every single year. And I, and I talk about these five exact same things, not so much for your sake, but for my sake, because I have to be reminded time and time and time again about these things. And this morning's is one of those five. And it's fruit. Like if you've grown up or had any interaction with Christi Christianity at all. People talk about fruit. We talk about the fruit of the Spirit. If you walk into a Christian bookstore or Hobby Lobby, you'll see these pictures of, like, fruit. And they maybe say, fruit of the Spirit. And then it starts laying out all these different beautiful phrases. Or maybe if you have a little kid and you make them watch VeggieTales, then you have, there's probably a VeggieTale cartoon about fruit of the Spirit. I remember, like, my sister, who's, like, her house is decorated like a Christian bookstore, kind of. She has these little pillows that are different fruit, and they're the fruit of the Spirit, and, like, one's a lemon and one's a cherry and an apple. And I don't know how they picked which fruit was which. And then, but there was no tomato or avocado, which I wish there had. But anyway, it doesn't matter. But so, like, we have all these ideas of the fruit of the Spirit coming into Christianity. But the one thing that we forget so often, like when, when I've heard people talk about it, when I've talked about it before, I, I talk about it like these character things that are inside of us. That's for me. Like it's, it's the end goal for me to be bountifully full of fruit of the Spirit. And I talk about how good it is and how much better your life will be if it's full of peace and joy and long-suffering and patience and all this kind of stuff. In here, he talks about it. Talks about being full of the fruit of the Spirit so that you can produce the fruit of the Spirit. You know, when fruit grows on trees, do you know who eats it? Not the tree. 
You know who the fruit is for? Not the tree. Anyone slash everyone else. It's weird that trees, plants, any of these things produce like this fruit that inside of this fruit is the very essence of life. I mean, it is a little tiny seed. So like minuscule, like you pull, you crack open an apple and inside that apple are these, these seeds that are like, what do they weigh, like less than a gram? And somehow in the potential of one of those seeds is to grow into a giant apple tree. Like there's so much life contained in that little tiny seed that it can grow into an apple tree and from that apple hang hundreds of apples ready and filled with those tiny little seeds. And that apple tree's whole purpose on the face of this earth is to offer its fruit to us, to deer. I don't think rabbits could get up that high, but if they could, they would probably eat it. Anything that passes by, worms, flies, all of these different things eat the very essence of life that this tree produces over and over and over again. And I know, like, I'm maybe trying to make too much life inside of a tree because they don't begrudgingly give it. I think it's very strange that apple trees, any kind of fruit trees, really, they don't have any defense mechanisms. They're obviously not selfish with their fruit. Like we see other kinds of animals, and you know, they have teeth and fangs or different kinds of plants that have thorns and all this other stuff. But fruit trees, they're just there. They're defenseless and they're producing this fruit that they're giving away. But as human beings, and we're pretty defensive about our fruit. And if you just took like a cursory idea of what fruit would be, a human being produces the goodness, the kindness, and all of that, we're very, very protective of it. Well, I don't, what if this person abuses my forgiveness? What if this person abuses my trust? What if this person abuses my friendship, my kindness? If you have your Bible and you want to turn to Galatians chapter 5, you don't have to. I'm just going to read verses five, uh, 22 and 23, and this is what we're going to be talking about this morning. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. But the fruit of the Spirit is... This isn't that important, but it makes it for me easier to understand. It does not say, but the fruits of the Spirit are. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is. It says that in Greek too. It's singular. It says, the fruit of the Spirit is. And because punctuation was placed by English speakers into our Bible, we put a comma right after the word love, but really it could be a colon. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. That's it. 
That is the fruit of the Spirit. What Christ in me, the hope of glory, glory meaning to bloom, Christ in me blooming produces love. The fruit of that tree, it's an apple, colon, red, sweet, juicy, tart, great for pies. The fruit of the Spirit is love, colon, joy. Joy is love's song. Joy is the ability in the hardest of times under the worst circumstances, not to be happy, but to sing the song of love and to say, just like Job said in the Old Testament, though he slay me, still will I praise him. It's the ability when you meet somebody who you feel like looking from the outside in on them that they've lost everything and they can still get up in the morning and be thankful for the day, that is love's song. That is joy. When you meet someone who can be joyful in all circumstances, who can take whatever the world throws at them and keeps moving forward and you just don't quite understand it, that's because your love doesn't have a song yet. Your love has an appreciation for the good times, your love isn't very deep yet because joy is love's song. Peace. Peace is love's confidence. Peace springs out of the ability for love to be present and to take two opposing forces and watch them unite. I think one of the dumbest words we have is when two nations are at war and one of them defeats the other and then they signed a peace treaty. That's not a peace treaty. That's surrender. Peace never exists when one party conquers another. Peace exists when two parties agree to mutually support and care for one another. That's love and that's love's confidence. If you're in a marriage or relationship and fighting has ceased, but it's only ceased because one of you has died, you don't have a peaceful, love-filled marriage. You have one conquered person existing with a conqueror. And eventually, there'll be an uprising. Love's confidence, the reason that you can trust someone else with your heart, with your care. It's because there's peace. Peace is what dwells there. Peace is the confidence that allows us to be okay and trustworthy with those that we love. Peace is love's confidence. Patience, that's love's timetable. Love is patient. How long does patience last? 
the old stupid Christian saying, never pray for patience because God will be sure to give it to you. How long does patience last? Forever. Another Bible word for that is long-suffering. That's what patience means, long-suffering. The ability to wait Hopefully, even in the face or the midst of despair, being willing to wait. The analogy I always use with patience is when people say a mother's love is blind, but it isn't blind. It's never blind. It's just really, really, really patient. Love knows all things. Love bears all things. Love is patient. That's love's timetable. You know what my timetable is in most relationships? About as long as it takes for somebody to make me mad. That's how long my patience is. It's about the same in relationships as it is on the highway when I'm driving and somebody cuts me off. My patience is about the exact same. It's because love hasn't grown there. You know how long my patience is with my kids, though? Much, much longer than it would be with any of you. Unless it's the same thing that they're doing over and over again, and then I lose it like that. Patience is love's timetable. Kindness, that's love's activity. That's what love does. Love does kind things. There is a difference between love and kindness. Kindness are those unexpected gifts that someone else does for you that knows and notices them. They are the very, very, very small things. Kindness aren't these major acts. There are major acts of kindness. But the things that speak kindness most are these little tiny things that it takes someone being able to recognize you or get to know you a little bit to know that you need or love. Kindness is that extra mile. Kindness is the fact that when my wife goes to the store, she brings back Verdana uh, breakfast blend from Starbucks coffee for us because I love it, even though she loves Joe coffee, which I don't know why you would love a coffee called Joe coffee, but that's what she loves. Yet she chooses to be kind to me. It's borrowing somebody's car and filling it up with gas when you return it, whether it's filled up before you got it or not. It's those little, tiny things. Kindness is love's activity. When love is growing, when the fruit of the Spirit is there, our kindness is lived out. Like we're known as kind people. Goodness. That's love's quality. And to be real honest, goodness is something I feel like I miss. Like one of my favorite things to hear somebody say about another person, he's a good man. She's a good woman. Like that is a beautiful, beautiful compliment 
Because to me, it seems like there are so few. But maybe that's only because I don't know them. Maybe it's not that there are so few. It's that I know so, so many people so little. But goodness, that's love's quality. Faithfulness, that's love's habit. And the word faithful that we looked at a couple weeks ago means to draw and to bind. What love does is it draws its faithfulness, its habit, draws others to us and ties them tight. So that way patience can last forever. And kindness is there. It's those ropes that tie them in. It is bringing people in and being patient, long-suffering, singing full of joy, love song in the midst of sadness and hard times because we're full of faithfulness, faithful. Love's habit. Meekness. Gentleness. That's love's voice. It's like a fun thing. I don't know if it's a fun thing. But it's this thing that people like to say, well, yeah, love has another side to it, too. It's called tough love. And especially in churches, we like to talk about how much love should be confronting and all of these other kinds of things. And yes, like I love my son, I love my daughter, and I confront them, and I get angry with them, and I get upset with them. But at the end of the day, this is what the Bible says, or have you forgotten? It is the kindness of God that leads men to repentance. Love's voice, love's voice is meek. It's gentle. And if you recognize in your own life that those you love the most you don't speak in a gentle or meek way to, you're probably not loving them. Love's voice is gentle. Self-control. Self-control is love's victory. The Bible says all things are lawful. And then follows it up with, but not all things edify. What does that mean? We're saved by grace. I talk about it almost every Sunday. God says, I've cast all your sin behind my back. When you're in the midst of sin, I forgave you. That he's the great sin lifter, that he gets underneath it and he carries away. That everything I've ever done, everything I will do has been forgiven. Like we're not under the law. Grace abounds. So all things are lawful, the Bible says. But not all things build one another up. Love's final victory is found when I know I can do something, but I choose not to do it for you. Love's victory is found in self-control. Love's victory is not found in discovering myself. Love's victory is not found in me going out and making myself happy. Love's victory is found in self-control. Having the ability to do whatever. And the right to do whatever. But the love 
to choose no. The love to be choose, choose the the love to choose to be bound to my wife, to you guys, to my kids, to the person I meet at the grocery store. Love's victory is found through self-control. This is what Paul says. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Bearing fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Not for ourselves, but just like a tree to be given away. Let's stand and sing. Thanks for listening to the Hope Springs podcast. And a special thanks to Ashita for the music that you guys hear right now. And feel free to check us out on the web at www.hopespringscommunity.org. Thanks. God bless. Two dreams on the green grass and the birds speak not a night. Past and the sun shines not in old times, but a new pure taste as the day breaks in the heartache. Step aside for some fresh dreams, so oh, your soul screams, Arise, you're Today.